This is Ethan Morton from Purdue Men's Basketball, and you're watching Boilers in the Stands. Welcome back here to Boilers in the Stands. I am your host, Greg Braggs Jr., and alongside me, as always, is my guy, Joe Jackson. Craig Bowers will be joining us here in just a few moments. Uh, Joe and Craig are at Mackey Arena. It may not look like it with Joe. What's up with your background? All of a sudden, you went dark? Uh, you're muted here. Uh, let's unmute you here. There, there you we go. go. Uh, yeah, they shut off all the lights just now, and it is it is dark <laughs> So it is just, uh, you know, there's still some some workers on the outside, but it inside like... the actual court, it is just me, uh, and the only lights are like from like the scoreboard and stuff. So this is hilarious. Well, um, typically they used to leave the lights on a little longer than uh, 20 minutes after the game, but maybe they're changing protocol here this year. I guess we'll find out. But uh, <laughs> Joe's in the dark. Uh, boilers after dark here tonight. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but it's the final game, uh, final kind of tune up game exhibition game. They took on an NAIA school here in grace. Uh, they were playing with their food a little bit early on. I think it got down to like 21 to 16. You're like, what are we doing? And then, uh, Purdue kicked it into high gear and, uh, one obviously convincingly as they should, but maybe not, maybe not convincing enough when you're playing an NAIA school, but we'll, um, maybe I'll, I'll hold off on being too picky as far as what the final score is. Cause as we all know, in exhibition games, you're tinkering with a lot of different things and lineups and the way you're going to try to play. We even saw Zach to get a three point shot up. Uh, you know, everybody was yeah. really, you know, fired up for that. Uh, I know Zach was joking about it after the game that they had a play drew up for him. You know, when we talked to Matt painter, um, uh, a week or so ago, uh, we get, we asked him what the, what the number would be for three point shot attempts on the season. And I think he said 12. Uh, so I think they're, they're willing to let him let it, let it fly a few times, but going to cover a lot of things here tonight. Uh, just as far as rotations we saw and some of the things that we may or may not expect. Um, certainly excited to see what Lance Jones does. Once the lights come on, uh, I think he's going to be a perfect fit, uh, for the Purdue Boilermakers. So Joe, why don't you uh, take it away and give us your instant reactions here? Yeah, first, uh, before I might, we might, I might actually have to leave at any second. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But um, I think the first thing that stood out to me is just Smith aggressiveness again. This is both exhibition games. Like you saw him hunting for his shot a lot out of, I mean, I don't think he even shot one jumper off a of catch and shoot. If he did, it's slipping my mind right now. Lots of pull ups. He went. I got to find the lighting to get the stat sheet three of four from three. Um, all of those were pull-ups like just being able to create a shot out of pick and roll is going to be big for him this year. Um, like you would, I 
in my thread on Twitter uh, when I did the Purdue Arkansas exhibition game, you there was a pass that he did in the second half. It was off a pick and roll. He snakes and he gets the big to jump up really high on him because he was already taking five, six, seven pull-ups. And so that's just that aggressiveness early. I like it because now it's going to set the table for the rest of the game and potentially open up some passing lanes. And that's what that did in the Arkansas game. Not as much of a chance here, just, you know, only played 17 minutes uh, or something like that. But that's the first thing that stood out. Heidi was great. All this is obviously with, you know, grain of salt because exhibition game, but Heidi looked really, really good. Um, He's probably the top wing off the bench, I would say, right now. Wouldn't be shocked if he's like the true sixth man at some point um, this season. But those are probably the first two things. Lance Jones, obviously, he knocked down some threes. I think that's what it's going to be is you're going to get some games where he knocks down a lot, some games that he's you know maybe one for five, one for six. And that's just kind of going to be the Lance Jones experience, I think. So those are probably my three takeaways. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was a good game overall. Like you said, closer a bit, but and then uh, you know Purdue kind of breaks it open from there. Uh, you know, yeah, Cam Camden Heidi definitely is intriguing. You know, he got in it like after the first time out and immediately knocked down a three. So I guess the question is, is he? Do you think there's an opportunity for him to break through into the starting lineup? That was Heidi, you said. Yeah. Um. I mean, potentially against, especially if there is, if it is against bigger teams, like, um, I, I could see that they, you know, he's a six foot seven or whatever he is, six, seven, bigger wing moves really well. Like I could see him being the guy that eventually moves there for certain lineups. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be, I don't know if he'll start though as much, but I could see him closing a lot. Like, I think if, if painter likes the Jones at the three lineups, like he might just stick with them, but maybe he only runs it for two to three minutes and then you kind of get into the rotation and Heidi is the one that eventually does close out for the game. So, um, but there's, yeah, definitely potential for it in general. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how things play out because I mean, how many games do they have? They've got, you know, a game on Monday, then a game on Friday and then another game. Monday Friday's by games that following Monday's Xavier. Xavier. They aren't like a top big East team, but um, they're still solid. And then the week after that's Maui. So that right, two by games I'm... and then one solid game and then Maui. Right. So you get three games before the, the real lights, bright lights start to come on uh, with some big time matchups that are going to have ranking implications behind them. So, you know, how this lineup shakes out and how the rotations, uh, you know, uh, shake out will be interesting to see. I, I guess the other thing that I guess stood out to me was early on because I think rotations probably get a little more wonky in the second half. So when you look at what they were trying to do in the first half, at one point they had both Trey Kaufman, Ren and Zach Eady off the floor with Caleb as the five. And to me, that was an interesting lineup to watch because I just think at times we're going to have to try to figure out how to play without both those, you know, um, traditional post players and try to give teams a different look. And you could almost see right away how much faster they were playing, you know, and I understand the post is always going to be our bread and butter, but it was interesting to watch that lineup. And it seems like because it came in so early that that might be a rotation we see early on in the season. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It'll be like, cause TKR and Edie are obviously the two like primary post players. Although first did get some more touches in the post today. Don't know if that's just exhibition or whatever it is, but that was also part of something that did intrigue me. Um, but yeah, if if 
Edie and TKR off the floor, then Purdue just plays a different style. Like it's just you have to. I would be, I would be shocked this season. I don't know if I should. Yeah, I would be pretty shocked this season if Smith, TKR, and Edie were all off the floor at the same time. Because I think if TKR and Edie are off, that means Smith's probably kind of getting even more of the green light than normal of just, hey, this is your offense, like run, pick and rolls, get downhill, facilitate for others. Uh, I think, you know, that would be that would be when I would be really surprised because, yeah, like you said, there's probably going to be a time at some point Gillis, Gillis and first are on the floor. They work pretty well together versus like I think a pretty good rim protector has really good athleticism and size. Gillis is more of a spacer. Um, so it can work together. And then you have potential wings that can fit alongside them as well. Okay. So I'm getting some messages here from Craig. It seems like they're getting ready to lock you in unless you're ready to get out. I, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> it's dark. I think, I think Craig said right, like Uber was leaving, but. All right. Uh, you know, well, where's Craig? He's logging on right now. Okay. Well, then we'll ask Craig. I'm sure he got the info while we I'm wait gonna, for what's that. Go ahead. I'm going to send the link to myself also on my phone. So I can just pick it up there if I need to. Yeah, you're good. Um, you know, worst case scenario, we do a quick synopsis of this thing and then we call it a night. It's an exhibition game. Got another you know, regular season game starts Monday. We don't have to overthink this. Um, and certainly don't want to hold up, you know, the Mackey arena, you know, uh, workers, yeah. if they want to leave, obviously we're not going to hold them up, uh, but we'll do everything we can to get the information. in. so while Craig's logging on, I'll run through some of the statistics here on the game. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just start with, um, let me just kind of try to read through this. Cause I'm, I'm trying to find, uh, yeah, I guess it's an exhibition game for us too. Yeah, um, it really is. Well, I, well, yeah, there we go. Total points. I'm like, where are the points at? So Zach Eady leads the way with 19 points on uh six of 12 shooting Braden Smith in 17 minutes of play four or nine shooting 11 points. He had that three pointer right off the bat, six assists uh, with a plus minus of 36. Uh, so you, you really saw him kind of navigating through and trying to be a facilitator. Uh, 13 points from Lance Jones on five of eight shooting three of six from deep. Braden Smith was three of four from deep. Uh, Cause you know, we're going to be really keying in on uh three point shooting. I'm jumping in really quick because I see Craig's about to log on. I guarantee the first thing he talks about is Lance Jones. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. I, I, hey, hey, dude, it's intriguing. I mean, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I compared him like to just David Jenkins just because he's that newcomer that comes from a different school, but his game yeah. is much different than David Jenkins. And I think is going to play better with what this team needs. And as you pointed out so many times, it's three point shooting. Uh, as we bring Craig in here, uh, let me, let me get all my ducks in a row here as, as I like to say, uh, but we appreciate everyone's patience as we get going here. So yeah, as I was running through the statistics, Craig, uh, Fletcher lawyer, only one of five from three, um, six points on the game. So not the night he was necessarily looking for, um, you know, so that, that pretty much evens it out as far as guys, Caleb first with 10 points, uh, will Berg with 11 points in 11 minutes of play. Got, got a lot of action in the second half, five of eight shooting, uh, had that put back, you know, um, you know, uh, off the rebound in the second half. Uh, so yeah, 16 minutes of action for Ethan Morton. I know he's always a lightning rod of conversation for how many minutes he's going to get, uh, no points from, uh, if I'm reading this correctly or 
what two points? No, yeah, no points from Ethan Morton, and then Miles Colvin also with about 16 minutes of action, and he was two of eight from the field, still kind of looking for that shot. I mean, you can definitely see the the form looks nice, uh, but the consistency of knocking down those shots hasn't quite been there as far as from what I've been able to see, whether it's in person or what we've seen here on TV. So uh, joining us now here in the dark. Uh, the darkness of Mackey arena. This is a first, uh, Craig, uh, uh, they turned the lights off on us here tonight. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like I'm on the Blair witch project or something right now as I, as I look at my face on there, <laughs> but, uh, def- definitely a first that they've uh, shut the lights off in the well, middle of the like show. I, so well, like I told Craig or Joe that, you know, we don't have to overthink this. We got, you know, uh, um, the first official home games coming up here on Monday, and uh yeah it's the floating heads as rollet boiler says in the chat uh so we can kind of run through this and if we're holding anybody up as far as the Mackey arena workers we can try to get this done and let everybody go home and and have a good night so i'll I'll let you two kind of give your breakdowns and then we'll try to hit on the most important bullet points and then call it a night how's that sound guys i'm good with that okay yeah joe joe Joe, you're you're off mute but um yeah you know from (laughs) For me, Greg, I guess if I'm going to start with uh, maybe a couple of really important things that I saw. One, it, it's it's obvious that Painter is trying to get Cam minutes to get him comfortable and situated. I think he likely has a clear understanding that Cam's going to be really important. He's also getting Miles minutes there too. But Cam played more minutes than anybody tonight. I think 21 minutes in the end or something like that. Um, kind of stuffed the stat sheet in a way didn't have a ton of points but he had like five points he had four rebounds three assists two blocks a steal um just did a lot of different things uh, he's rotating to the right places on defense he's got active hands he's got long arms that he can get up on that wing spot and he looks super comfortable in that three he hit and the one he missed looked really good leaving his hand um I-, I think cam's going to be really important and i think he's going to see minutes sooner than later um, at that three spot, I, I still think Jones and uh, Fletcher and Braden probably start, but I think Miles is probably the second guy off the bench behind Gillis as we look at coming up on like Xavier um, and then the Maui Invitational later on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I was talking when I was talking with Joe about this. You know, my question to Joe was, and I'll ask you since you you started with Cam is is there an opportunity for him to become the starter, whether that's, you know, off the tip or more importantly, the guy that's getting the starter minutes. Uh, Cause it definitely seems like his ability, he has that opportunity. I mean, I think with painter and what painter's shown really since the, the Carson Edwards year, um, I mean, like Robbie and those guys got a run right away, but they had nothing then, right? So the, the Carson year was really where you saw him start to give guys minutes that were coming in just as freshmen or off red shirt freshman years above upperclassmen. And in my mind, really not start to worry about anything else other than just production. So I think that chance is always there with Painter. Um, if if Colvin, or not Colvin, if, if Heidi is producing or Colvin for that matter at a really high level at that spot, Painter's going to give him the minutes and eventually give him the starting role if they're outperforming. Um, I mean, we saw Zach take that away from a guy that everybody thought was going to be an All-American going into that year. So Painter's going to play who's producing. With that said, I think there's certain matchups um, where Heidi at the three, just with his length, um, quite frankly, had he been ready 
and played three or four more games. That Arkansas matchup is a matchup where Cam probably maybe needs more minutes. Um, and I think we'll see certain matchups that that's certainly the case. But the three-yard lineup is going to work for, you know, over 50% of the teams out there are going to be fine matching up. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Corey Lesney in the chat's asking you, Craig, what's the deal with Morton's minutes and at which positions? Uh, so that <laughs> Painter actually had a pretty good joke in the press conference. He was like, yeah, I'm trying to put people in and whatnot. And I tell Morton to go in and, and uh, Morton says at the point and Painter was like, no, at the four. And he goes, at the four, <laughs> I play point. <laughs> and Painter goes, well, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> he, you know, and he's just kind of saying like trying to work everybody into this lineup and where are they going to go at different points and times and whatnot. But I mean, Morton's going to get minutes. And I, I think Morton's still a, a, a really active defender. Um, and more important than that, Painter just trusts him to be in the right spot to make the right read offensively, defensively. Uh, so he's going to get minutes. It's just, again, it is a matter of where. Uh, today it was backup point guard more. In Arkansas, it was his traditional, more traditional role that he's had since he's been here at the three. And I think it'll really just depend on, again, it's really going to depend on the matchup. A really high-pressure team uh, defensively like Arkansas, I don't see Morton playing point guard minutes. I, I see that being Jones uh, backing up Smith and, and pretty much strictly being that against teams that don't pressure a lot. I think Morton can run the point fine. So it's just going to be be situational. Yeah, Ethan Morton certainly is going to be a lightning rod of conversation here this whole season. He was last year. Uh, the other guy that seems to really be lighting up the chat, and I'll throw this one to you, Joe, is from Brian McDowell. He says, Painter loves TKR, and it makes me think that he just forces things in games. He doesn't look that good to me, but Paint must see something that we don't see. What are your thoughts on that? Um, gonna, I'm going to quickly go back to Morton. And I'll have the full rotation out at Boilers in stands on Twitter. Um, you should go follow once we get to a thousand subs, by the way, we're going to give an ED jersey away. So definitely go follow us on Twitter at Boilers in stands. And I'll have the full rotation there. Morton played all 17 minutes at backup point guard today. Uh, and TKR, like he struggled today. Obviously, this that's not breaking news. There's the jersey right there from Brad. Nine jersey. Um, thousand followers. Yep. So go ahead. And, I'm sorry. and retweet the pin tweet once you get there. You'll see it. TKR struggled. I think the people that want to write him off after two games, like you, they may ultimately be right. I'm not, they can't be like, I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I also, I want to give it more than two games because as he kind of mentioned, like Painter must see something and we don't get to see the practices all off season. Everybody, everybody's like TKR, TKR. And like, at some point I do think it'll translate. He's, you know, playing more of a new position this year. He was, primarily the backup five um, last year. And like, I, I like there's clips on Twitter. I know for a fact, and like looking through the numbers, TKR and Edie played really well together. Like they just straight up did. Um, I'm, like you, you got to see it in games and maybe after, if he's still this way after like once we're get, we're in Maui area, then yeah, maybe it's a little more time to panic. But um, right now I'm just more, I want to see it more like, give him more minutes and, and just kind of figuring it out. Cause like, I see the vision. I really do. There's some, some of the spacing and stuff that when you have TKR on ball, now Edie's off ball and just like, we, you know, my keyword is gravity with that. Like the gravity that Edie gets, like there's going to be matchups that TKR is absolutely able to punish fours in the post. Um, he's got to get there and I think it'll come, but I, I see the vision and defensively they're, they're, 
better than I expected, rebounding their monsters on the glass together, TKR and ED. Just needs time. And then I'll, I'll if there's still if it's still a still not a good thing after a few more games, then I'll probably be more willing to kind of concede like, yeah, this just absolutely doesn't work. No, no, Joe is not related to Caleb first. Um, he's actually <laughs> he's actually Willie Berg's older brother. That's just, that's just the red hair. You're related um, to every tall person. He's also very tall. He's not just got red hair. He's also tall. So he could play. Joe, Joe could play center. Yeah. Joe, talk to me about Lance Jones's game tonight, because there was a lot of people hot to try out on Lance Jones after the Arkansas game. And, and I mentioned to you, I think Lance is just one of those players where we're going to see shooting percentage swings. That's just kind of who he is. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about your thoughts about, about Jones tonight. It kind of um, goes back to me of like, hey, this is like we have seen two exhibition games at this point. Um, I don't think it's incorrect after the Arkansas to like have concerns. I think it's incorrect to completely write people off after a 40-minute exhibition game. And then Jones against an, a really good NAI team. And granted, they are NAIA. But um, – you know, he showed that kind of shot-making ability that Purdue just needed last year. Like, last year, I think Purdue, when you when they got down the stretch, Purdue would have loved to have a guy like Jones that isn't afraid to take any yep. shot, no matter how far away from the rim it is, um, or get to the rim, put the ball on the floor. Like, um, we'll get – I have that one star. We'll get to the lawyer in a second because I, I kind of – I do want to talk about him too. Um, but, yeah, no, I I liked what I saw from Jones. I Again, I see it. I don't th- – I think he'll – if he if Pinner likes it, he'll start most games of the three. I don't know if he finishes every game of the three. I think that's gonna be the matchup dependent, and I think that's gonna be the key thing to watch more as we get into well, bigger and bigger games. Yeah, well, I think the, with the Lance, is, he sorry. he's fear, he's fearless. Yep. Yes. And, and, he, and he doesn't hesitate. He no. comes around that curl, gets the ball, and fires it. Jenkins, and I keep comparing it to yeah. him just because they the newcomer. Jenkins needed to set up his shot. You know, he wasn't coming around the curl bang down the well that's to me what lance jones's game is um i'm I'm not gonna put that question up Corey, but i would say 100 yes um in terms of offensive output in terms of ball handling in terms of dribbling um emphatically yes um but with with that said um you know that this is just kind of who jones has been from a shooting standpoint i actually don't think you know you said this is in arkansas Dude, Jones was taking shots so far out in both of these games. I don't think the shot really is that much different whether he was shooting against Arkansas or Grace because he's shooting at three foot behind the line anyway. It's not like he's got a hand right out in his face against either one of those teams on most of those shots he was putting up. Um, so I, I love the fearlessness. And, and like Joe said, and uh, Rafael posted on Twitter earlier, like Purdue needs that guy that's just willing to take the shot and, and he can score at all three levels. He can go to the rim. He can shoot mid-range. He can shoot a deep shot. We're going to have to live with some bad shooting percentage games. That's just part of who he is. Yeah. Um, I'm so impressed. Yeah, so Am I going? Sorry. I'm so impressed with Jones. Seem fearless. First time in Mackey. Can you imagine how fun this is for him? Yeah, he mentioned in the post uh, post game press conference just like how cool, and you heard it from Jenkins last year too, of just like basically just they're kind of coming and they're like this is an exhibition game crowd, um, and 
I think that just that's a testament to the paint crew, to all the fans that show up to Mackey, uh, the fans in the stands, if you will. Now, but, here's the real question, or Joe, or I'll ask Craig this. Did Joe ask a question in the presser? Uh, he did not. I, I, think I was he, ready. What is your problem? <laughs> I will. Okay. I was ready. I had it loaded and then I got right. a little nervous and I let my pa- opportunity pass. No, that's okay. And then truthfully, next time I'm hey, good. I'm, take I'm it more from comfortable a, for next time. Take it from a media vet like myself now. I, uh, who, I was, who's not I was, afraid to ruffle feathers, whether it's uh in the Chicago media or otherwise, but it is good to kind of take a step back, observe, learn, listen yeah. before you start talking. And I think you're probably much better about that kind of stuff than I am. Uh, but you're very knowledgeable and I think you're going to ask very educated questions. So uh, I'm excited for you to fire some off here uh, sooner rather than later. I'm just busting your balls. Yeah, no, I know. I know I need to. I will. I will. I'm more comfortable for next time now. Had to get my feet wet a little bit. So uh, where else do you guys want to take this? Because this is totally on you guys. Um, yeah. you I think know. Joe, Joe wanted to talk about Fletcher, I think. And yeah, that um, could probably pretty much wrap things up pretty close yeah I like i said i don't want to shortchange our viewers but at the same time the lights are off in Mackey. <laughs> we have a long season to cover this uh we, we have we, another we, show tomorrow we did a post-game show for the arkansas game uh so we're here for you every game don't worry we're, we're never gonna we're never gonna skip out on you as long as our schedules are are with you and um and align for us personally but we're always going to be there for you so we're even here for you tonight even when the lights are shut off at Mackey, yeah. but Long season to go, how much you can take from a game like this outside of rotations and, and little tidbits isn't going to be as much as when we, uh, you know, officially kick things off Monday. So, uh, you know, yeah, let's get into a little lawyer conversation. And then if we have any little questions from the chat, we can take those and then call it a night. So, yeah, Corey's just asking if anybody else is concerned about lawyer. Um, I am not. I'm each miss. I grow a little more concerned, I guess, about the three point shooting, but I think the thing with lawyer and I think because he was labeled such a shooter, it's almost hurting him at this point. Like he's not just a shooter. He really isn't. Like I've said multiple times, I think he's the best post-entry passer on the team. And if he's not one, he's probably number two behind Morton. That's important in this offense. You, he didn't quite get as many to go today, but that Arkansas, that second half, I, I fully believe Purdue does not, Force uh, OT without lawyer. He dominated a six-minute stretch. Multiple drives to the baskets. Multiple and ones. He not even. I think he shot thirty-three percent from three, two of six. Um, obviously, like the shots got to fall at some point. I'm confident that like I. That's just me being optimistic. I think with the shooting because nothing really. Corey says. Corey says Joe is never worried about anyone. We had two true? exhibition games. Like I'm, <laughs> I want to see more. I'm not. Who, a, all right. Who are you guy. worried but, about? Give him someone you're worried about. Prove him wrong. I mean, I'm like, I'm worried about TKR. I still think it can work. I want to see more. I would say I'm, I'm, yeah, I would, I would say I'm worried about him. Um, first shot I'm worried about. <laughs> Jeff Parks. Uh, I want to go back. Corey is worried about everything. True. So, we, that's right. why me and Corey work. That's well why together. we got balance here. At Boilers but the one last thing with lawyer is like, he has an ability to get to the rim that isn't pretty. It isn't the most athletic it's sometimes running kind of through three guys um and he gets them to go a decent bit and that's another thing like if he's still respected as a shooter and now he can drive to the rim i think he's going to be good i still he's i think he's still the third most important player on this team behind Edie and smith yeah 
Um, my mom is in the chat. I always got to give my mom a shout out. She says, Joe, you're great. You'll ask when you're ready. You know, Greg is terrified of Matt Painter. That's true, mom. That's she true. got my I back. Agree. Yes. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. So she's right. I, I was scared shitless of Painter. It took me months before I spoke up finally at the Purdue press conferences. Uh, but I also didn't want them to kick me out. And I'm not worried about that anymore. They can't kick us out because uh, we're here to stay. Uh, so appreciate yeah. it. Uh, so, you know, uh, Craig. What, what else do we have here? Uh, you know, the one thing that did stand out, I, I think I started here. Brian McDowell brought up a great point. Loved that play at the end of the first half. That same, v- very much the same, Brian. That was, that was uh, Bryce Drew, uh, you know, esque as far as Valpo University, March Madness, if you're old enough to remember that play. Uh, and, and it's the perfect play, you know, when you have Edie, a big target, throw it all the way down court, and then a kick back out for a three ball. Uh, Craig, what did you think of that play? Cause I thought it was drawn up very beautifully. Oh, I loved it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a decent chance with the way we like to play close games in the big 10 schedule that, uh, we may have to use it at some point. And I think obviously Edie's a big target. We're going to be playing against, uh, teams that probably have somebody a little bit bigger, uh, to try to deflect that pass, but certainly it, uh, could work. And it was a nice opportunity for painter to kind of put that in and give it a try for the first time. Joe, what did you think? You're the guy that draws everything up on the chalkboard. It's beautiful. Uh, Mason Gillis, wasn't he? He was a baseball yeah. player, right? Little yep. League World Series and all that That's stuff. True. That's true. Um, and when I saw him inbounding, I was like, oh, yeah, baseball pass coming in. Uh, perfect tip by Edie. Like, if, yeah, if you, yeah, because you if had you like what, one up, point, like, you only had like 1.6 seconds, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, if I remember, right, it was in, in, it was either in and out or, it was yeah, like, it was, it was, ha- it was halfway down. Uh, yeah, Derek Mulliken speaking of threes, oh, uh, no speaking of Edie shooting a three. We, we did talk about it earlier when we first intro the show. Um, do you guys so, want to talk about that? What was the energy like when he put that one up? The I'll go, I'll let Craig do the, the energy side. I'm going to go nerdy. Um, that was off of a Rams. That's like the play that they ran. Gillis is always in the spot that Edie was and Edie is the one rolling to the rim. So it's a, I don't have my board, whatever. Uh, maybe we'll, well, if I remember, we'll go to it they, at some point. They couldn't see it if you did. That's true. <laughs> um, it was a ramp screen. So basically, in this scenario, usually it's flipped. The bigs are flipped. Edie downscreens whoever was at the four. I'm going to just say Gillis for simplicity. He downscreens Gillis, who then immediately screens like the top guy. And then as Gillis screens, he rolls and then Edie like replaces oh, the role at the top. Usually yeah. that switch and Gillis gets a wide open three, but yeah, it was yeah just, I've it was seen, I've see seen them draw, you. draw that up for Sasha quite a few times as well. Like yep. that's the, that's one of their staple shots that they draw up for their three point shooters. And that, and Matt Painter told us on our show when we interviewed him about a week and a half ago, that link is still available on our YouTube and, and where you find us on audio platforms and Spotify and everywhere else. Uh, that Matt Painter, we we asked him the number of how many three point attempts, and I think he said twelve. Uh, yep, so, yep. so uh, we'll see. You know, maybe he'll get and, a couple. And when he makes one, the place is just gonna go insane. The the funniest thing was when the press conference started. Um, Edie sat down, and uh, Mike Carmen asked about the three as the very first question to the players, and 
Braden, he looked right at Braden Smith and Braden said, you owe me 20 bucks. I told you that'd be the first question. <laughs> <laughs> so like the guys were having fun with it and, and they knew, um, and, and the, it, the energy was palpable, um, yeah, when he uh, caught it and, and he didn't hesitate. Like he nope. caught and just fired and it looked good leaving his hands. So. Well, I'll tease some people cause I haven't put it out yet, but there's a video that's going to come and I'm hoping to have it done before the start of the season. Um, where I ask all, I asked a lot of the players at the fan day who the best three point shooter on the team is regarding them versus Edie. So stay on the lookout for that. Yeah. Some pretty funny responses. Real quick, somebody said something about red shirting. Uh, that question was asked, and Painter did say that he doesn't have those conversation with players until after the second exhibition. But he very quickly said be, before he said he hasn't talked to anybody about it. Uh, he very quickly said he didn't think anybody was redshirting this year. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm with Brian. He says uh, Colvin won't redshirt, but maybe he should all hands on deck for the season. I'm with him on the second part for sure. Like it was why I was an advocate of getting a 13th roster spot, um, like scholarship roster player. I understand why Painter did just locker room, things like that. But you Technically, Edie could come back. There's no guarantee of what this team will be in the future, but we know for sure right now it's a top five team. Uh, I would think you'd just rather – I know you're giving up a little bit in the long run, but with just how good of a chance you have this year in the short term, like it just seems like you want as many possibilities open um, just in general is my thought. Mm -hmm. for yeah, sure. uh, will be interesting. Um before we wrap things up here tonight, uh, if you guys don't have anything boiler related, I was going to throw it here to, uh, you know, the, the elder statesman of the show uh, to, to give us his thoughts about the passing of Bobby Knight and, and kind of what that means to the state of Indiana and, and, and uh, even in the Purdue program with Matt Painter, you know, obviously having a relationship with you know being an iu fan growing up in that whole bit yeah well i i mean greg since you were actually an iu fan first <laughs> uh, uh, not, well. not not to rat you out yeah. um you yeah. know you might be able to speak on it but no um you know i think one thing um if you go to boilers in the stand twitter uh matt painter's full answer about bob knight and kind of what he meant to the state of indiana in terms of a basketball standpoint is posted there uh in two parts i i posted the entire answer i wanted to make sure everything he said was up and on there uh so you can watch matt painter's full answer to that question on boilers in the stands twitter but i guess what i would say is a lot of what coach painter said uh, re related to bob knight for a long time uh he was one of the best coaches in the country and if you look at his coaching tree and the people that he influenced that are out there um a, a lot of what bob knight drew up and a lot of what he drilled in terms of emphasizing um, that his teams would do has been perpetuated across the country and other programs through coaches that coached alongside of him, players who went on to become coaches, and then everybody that they impacted as well. So he's truly put a stamp on the game. And I think in relation to Purdue, um, that battle back and forth with Gene Cady, you know, one of the things that I said recently, when IU was terrible and we were just kicking the crap out of him for like, I don't know, 17 games in a row or whatever it was, like, it, it wasn't as fun um, when that's not a rivalry. Um, it, I love beating him over and over again. 
But Purdue is better and the Big Ten is better when IU is also good because it brings out the best in Purdue. They have to match the quality of IU and all that type of stuff. I like when it's a true rivalry, and I think we're headed back there. But, Bob, that's what Bob Knight did. Um, You know, he had really good teams and fielded great teams, and Purdue would have to match that um, and oftentimes did. And, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I can say about Bob Knight from a basketball standpoint. And and I guess what he meant to Purdue uh, was that he constantly made Purdue better because we had to get better uh, to keep up with IU and the Big Ten. Yep. Um, so Bob Knight passes away, I believe, at the age of 86. Uh, so, you know, may he rest in peace. You know, obviously he had a controversial end to his coaching tenure and he was a very much of a lightning rod of conversation you know for fans you either loved him or hated him uh he's one of the more quotable coaches uh in basketball history you know uh, i know you know growing up i can remember him having a, a, a relationship with michael jordan having coached the olympic team uh when one of the last teams of collegiate players that played on the usa team and he coached michael jordan before he uh, went on his bulls run. Uh, yes, Craig is correct. When I was growing up, uh, as a young idiot, I did root for IU. Uh, but the Bob Knight era was probably, I mean, I know he coached, you know, when Mike Davis took over, that was more when I started to transition to, um, as a college basketball enthusiast. So a lot of his glory days is before my time. Uh, but there's certainly no questioning the impact he had on this sport. And I know Matt Painter always spoke highly of him. And, um, you know, I think Matt Painter has taken some pages from that book as far as being a guy that's very direct. And I think obviously Painter does it in a more professional way, doesn't throw chairs and doesn't go after players, you know, in certain ways the way Bob, but that's, that's, that's how, you know, things were 40 years ago. It's easy to look at things nowadays and, and, and look back on him and, and say, that wasn't right, but the, a lot of coaches back then were like that. It doesn't excuse his behavior because I'm not advocating for choking players out or anything of that nature. But at the same time, that is a part of Bob Knight's story. Um, some of the you know controversial stuff, but at the end of the day, he was a basketball lifer, and uh, now he's passed away. And and yeah, I was at the game where they where Bob Knight returned to Assembly Hall when they took on Purdue. Uh, Purdue won that game convincingly, but you could see all the alumni. Isaiah Thomas was there and, and all the different, you know, um, IU greats. And you, you could see how much that meant to him and how much that meant to all the people there and the former players there. And uh, so I guess that was a nice moment for him to have because, you know, the, it had been a long time since he had returned to assembly hall up to that point. Uh, so it's good that they got that done before he passed away. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's pretty much all I have on the subject, but um, yeah. yeah, there it is. You guys got and, anything else? Well, don't forget about the show tomorrow night. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter follow Haslametrics. Um, he basically, he has his own metric system similar to Ken Palm and some of the others that are out there. Um, very popular guy on Twitter and a lot of people reference his metrics, um, going to bring him on and we're kind of going to do just a schedule preview show. Talk about what games, uh, Joe and I are looking forward to watching the most, uh, which games we think might be the most problematic, um, which may not be the same thing. Uh, quick little tease there, um, in terms of that, how that goes. Um, 
But Haslam, we're going to visit with him just a little bit about what goes into to having a site like that and making predictions, um, talk a little about what's available on his page, and then, and then ask him based on the data uh, kind of what the data says about this team and, and what games out there um, might be the closest and the most difficult for Purdue to win. Yep, sounds good. That's going to be an exciting conversation. Uh, Eric Haslam, the Haslam Metrics is um, one of the more popular outlets fans go to to follow the March Madness journey. So it'll be exciting to get him here on here early in the season and, and then follow that along and see how the metrics play into Purdue's favor as the season goes along. So shout out to Craig for uh, getting that interview locked in. And uh, we got a lot of different stuff here coming up. We got post-game shows next week, uh, Monday for the start of the season. Next Friday, we got um, some Con- really – go ahead. Yeah, Conzo Martin coming on next Wednesday. Um, yeah. A lot of people who grew up during that era watching Glenn Robinson and Conzo play. Um, that's going to be really, really exciting. Um, really looking forward to that conversation with him. Um, just a – Really interesting guy who's played and coached at some of the highest levels. Yep. Conzo Martin, Eric Haslam, post-game shows, weekly interviews. This is what we do here. We're back, baby. Uh, Full tilt. This is what we do here at Boilers in the Stands. Make sure you follow us at Boilers in Stands on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. If you look uh, up Brags in the Stands, which is the overall network, obviously on YouTube as well, the Brags in the Stands network. Uh, we cover Purdue, and then I, I obviously do a lot of different Chicago sports coverage in my own right. So uh, please subscribe to that channel. Uh, like like the show. That kind of stuff does help us a lot with the algorithms. The more you like, the more you comment, more subscribers. Uh, I heard if help. they like more that there's a chance that they'll leave the lights on for us. I'm not yeah, sure if, if, if not, we get to over was, 100 likes, they might leave the lights on. I, I was just thinking there's already a sh- – basketball podcast called after dark um so i don't maybe we could start calling this boilers in the stands lights out when it's yeah lights out all right that was good that was good um uh cory lesney i'm still concerned joe yeah so we're well, all gonna cory we're gonna voice our concerns joe's not yep. concerned about anything cory's concerned about everything jeff's concerned about joe we're all concerned if I'm going to end this show in a timely fashion. That's what we do here with my Midwestern goodbyes. So yep, you guys got anything else or can I close this shop up? Uh, nice um, work tonight. Happy for you guys. Um, you know, uh, I'm jealous because obviously I'd love to be out I, there at Mackey Arena. Go ahead, Joe. I do it. Yeah. Just, um, quick thanks to everybody. Like this was my first game being credentialed. Uh, Let's cool go, kid. I'm I'm excited for this year just in all that. And, you know, it's a, in large part because of everybody that tunes in and interacts and likes the stream and all that stuff that um, kind of allows us to be able to do stuff like this. So do, do want to thank all you guys for that. Well, we're, we're proud of you, Joe. And you I'm do, looking forward to it. Well, we're proud of you, man, and, and you deserve it, dude. You're um, a hard worker. Uh, you're a great teammate, and you're a very knowledgeable basketball guy. And uh, we are all better off hearing uh, your knowledge of the game and you improve this show mightily, mightily. Uh, you and Craig carry, carry the load here while I just kind of, uh, come on as the meatball idiot every, every, for every post game show. So that's where we're at. Of course, we were going to have a Midwestern goodbye. We wouldn't, if we didn't for our 
Uh, this isn't even the first post game show because we already <laughs> had one with the Arkansas game. I was just too drunk to attend it because I was on the course <laughs> with my buddies. No, really? You yeah, were? I, I couldn't. A... I couldn't tell on the phone call. I was hammered, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did catch the second half of that game at the 19th hole of the bar at the golf club uh, golf course we were at. Uh, so, but Hey, that felt like a tournament game. My goodness. So, um, but it's great. Love to have basketball back. Happy for you, Joe. Great job today, Craig. Uh, you guys are doing great work. So make sure you follow us along on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, the whole bit, like subscribe, and, uh, we'll catch you all here real soon. We will see you here tomorrow night. Uh, more games to come, great interviews to come. So always boiler up.